Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lawyers MBA series on the Lawyers Learning Center with DHIA podcast, where we cover the topics that law school missed and break down the business side of running a law practice. You can access the complete first and second seasons of the Lawyers MBA series on our website or join us here every Thursday morning. Welcome back to another edition of our series with Arjun Robbins from How to Manage a Small Law Firm. In this edition, we're going to be covering some of the simple ways, super simple ways that you can track sales, uh, keep a good pulse on what's going on inside the organization, and maybe a couple ways to maybe motivate yourself or your team to actually make some of that sales and make some of that money. Um, so as you can see here, this is the How to Manage uh, sales tracker across the different, you know, months of the year. Arjun, walk us through sort of what we have, what we're looking at here. Right. So, um, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory and, and that's kind of the point, right? It, it doesn't require a lot of interpretation. Um, we start off with the number of sales that we project, anticipate, want to make for the month or for the quarter, I should say. And every time we make a sale, salesperson puts it on there, puts their initial on it so we know who made the sale. And um, that's it. It's very simple. It's like super, super, super low tech. The only way you can possibly screw this up is not to do it. And whenever I walk past these boards, which are usually on that wall, um, I can see at a glance exactly where we stand. I don't need to wait for salespeople, for the sales team to give me a report, although I do get reports. I don't have to give, I don't need to, you know, ask them what's going on, although I do ask them what's going on. I literally, at a glance, know exactly where we stand. And to the extent that they didn't report something and I ask them, let's just say, aggressive questions, well, that's on them because they didn't put the information on the board, which trains them to put the information on the board. What I was saying to you earlier, or I guess in the last interview, which is why we decided to put these things up here, is in our last office, um, I had something like this. And when we moved to this office three years ago, the team who all make fun of me because I'm low-tech, analog, you know, I'm not, I don't have an app for it or something, right? Even though we're a real high-tech company, I myself am not a high-tech person. Um, they always try to avoid this. And so they didn't move the post-it notes from the last office to this office. And they convinced me against my better judgment, but they, I, I allowed them to convince me. I, I take responsibility for that. I allowed them to convince me to lay off and let them just keep all the reports digitally, right? Because they had some fancy, you know, the fancy technology, whatever. And sure enough, conversion rates started to go down and uh, we started to fall a little short of our targets. And then when I insisted that this go back up, conversion rates went back up and we started to hit our targets again. Because you just can't hide from it. It's constantly there in your face. One of the things that you shared briefly previously or a little bit earlier was 
early on, you were making all of the sales. Yes. And um, so you... Early on, I was making everything. I yeah. was all by myself, solo. CEO, uh, director, facilitator, and chief bottle washer of uh, everything. Yep. Yep. Everything. Been there, done that. Um, but on the sales side, using it, the post-its as a motivating factor when it comes to actually closing some of the sales. Yeah. So... Um, let me take just a little detour. Yeah. Because this is something that comes up a lot. I, even if I do say so myself, I am an extremely effective salesperson. I was not born as an extremely effective salesperson. I'm not naturally, I don't have the kind of personality to naturally be a very good salesperson. Um, I used to actually suck at sales. I learned, I studied, I practiced, I tested, I refined, I developed. I became an extremely effective salesperson. Like, no joke. I'm really, really, really good. Was that because of repetition or was that because you kept learning and you expanded the skill set? Like, what do you think attributed to that? Uh, first and foremost, desperation. <laughs> yeah. And then repetition and training and practice and testing and everything else. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is I am a much more effective salesperson than anyone on our sales team. Like I typically, when I'm closing on, on, on these, when I used to do this, I would close typically 75 to 80%. Wow. I'm really, really good. Um, that's not always a good thing to be that good at sales because sometimes you make sales you shouldn't make. But that's a different conversation. The point is my 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 sales team is they're going to close 50 to 60%. I close 70 to 80%. So of course, you know, if you're not thinking about it, you say, "Well, Arjun, you should be closing everything." You know, except the thing is that they close 100% better than me when I'm on vacation. And they close 100% better than me when my son is sick. And they close 100% better than me when I'm working on other parts of the business. And they close as well as me when I'm not having my best day. And they close better than me when I'm having a bad day. And going back to our conversation earlier, I'm trying to build a machine. I want a business that works for me and gives me the freedom to step away for months at a time. I, I, I only work in this business about 90 days out of the year. On any given quarter, I'm gone for 30, 60 days at a time with emergency access only, and the sales keeps going. So the point is, you gotta start off with a projected conversion rate that mere mortals can maintain month in and month out and not just on their best day. So what would be the best way for a small law firm to figure out what that calculation would be or should be when it comes to new sales per month or new sales per quarter? Um, if someone can go grab me a handful of paper clips from my desk, I can demonstrate to you how to figure this out and also how most law firms get it horribly, horribly wrong. But while he's getting me the paper clips, the question you asked is, um, 
how I used to use this to motivate myself. So what I would do is I would start off and say, this is how many sales I want or need to make this month. And I would put that many blank post-it notes on the wall next to my desk where I couldn't not see them. And, you know, every, toss it to me. Thank you. And, and every, and every day that I go in, every day that I would go into my office and procrastinate, these blank post-it notes were like staring me in the face. And every time I would find something to do that felt better than getting rejected by a prospective new member who didn't value their future enough to make an investment in it, I would be looking at these blank post-it notes that would be calling me and saying, your focus is supposed to be here, not there. And then, of course, I learned, you know, sales and I learned what I was actually selling, which most lawyers don't even know what they're actually selling, which is a big part of the reason why they have so much trouble with sales. But here, you wanted to know how to figure out what the conversion rate should be. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. So can you aim the camera down here? Like in this general area? Okay. So this is how most lawyers do it. They go to a conference, they read a book, they get on Facebook, they talk to some marketing consultant or some sales consultant or some coach who doesn't know WTF they're talking about in the real world. And they are told that your conversion rate should be X. Quite literally. X, literally, yep. right? And so you'll be... You'll be the, the lawyer, okay. the owner of the law firm, yep. where they're head up their ass consultant who doesn't know anything and hasn't actually ever really scaled up hundreds of highly successful law theory, firms. Theory, uh, more theory, less practicality. No, 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 move your hand. Okay. So, you ready? Yep. Watch this. What should I do? Move the arm left, right, forward, back? Uh, you should leave it alone. It might have been a bad bounce. What now? That's for, uh, go toward, I guess that. Towards, that way? Yep. Now what? <laughs> um, I'd say leave it as it is. Now what? It's our closest yet. Uh, a little bit more this way. Now what? Tad bit more back that way. Now what? Oh, bad, bad bounce. Leave it again. Now what? <laughs> a little bit more that way. All right, here's the point. These paper clips are getting a little bit yeah. tangled up. Here's the point. Every time you made an adjustment, you made yourself stupider. Every time you made an adjustment, you became dumber and dumber and dumber, even though you thought you were being smart In by right making direction. adjustments. Yep. This is the real way to do it. This is the correct way to do it. You ready? Kick those out of the way. Yep. Watch this. The correct way to do it is to say... It would be real nice to hit that target. That would be great. Let's find out what's actually possible in reality. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Notice I'm not moving my hand at all. Yep. 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. This is the natural variance of the system before you start messing with it because you're so smart. Now that we know what the natural variance of the system is, we, 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 we build a business model and we build financial projections that work with this natural variance. And anything that's, that's, that's within this natural variance is acceptable because that's what we planned for because that's what naturally happens with the system. Now, if we want to adjust the system, we have a big enough data sample, a, a big enough data sample size to know if the adjustment's actually really making things better or worse. What happens though is most small law firm owners have only ever lived inside of one small law firm. Most small law firm management advisors have only ever seen the inside of two or three or 10 or 12 or 20 small law firms. Yep. We manage over 650 small law firms. Over the course of my career, I've been inside of thousands and thousands of small law firms. As long as it's within this variance, we know this is okay. Now, would we like this to be tighter? Yes, of course. Would we like it to be more efficient? Yes. But we build the business based on reality, not based on aspirations. So when you ask me, what should their conversion rate be? I don't know. Let's test it. Let's find out what the conversion rate actually is, and then we can figure out how to make it better. How many attorneys or law firms do you think are actually tracking that metric you know, at any given time? The, I mean, I, I think almost your clients all, not included. Oh, not including the law firms that we manage. Yes. How many law firms are tracking sales, conversion rates, and data and metrics and yep. making rational, mature, objective, data-driven decisions and not emotional decisions? Um, big law firms, almost all of them. Yep. Most big law firms are professionally managed and they make professional decisions based on data and real information. Big law firms being over 5 million? Over 2 no, million? Over 10 million. 10 million. Okay. Yeah. I mean, over 10 million, they're almost all, you can't really get a firm and keep a firm over 10 million without, without thinking this way, without using this, without having this kind of approach to things. Right. Yep. Um, among small law firms, I mean, one in 10,000. Not a lot. Again, it's, this is not talk, taught in, you know, in law school. No, this is, and this, this is, is, this isn't even taught in, you know, a lot of business courses, programs, or even like a variety of things. So there's an element of this. It's like, it's unrealistic to expect people to know. But when you demonstrate it so clearly, it's like, that actually makes a whole heck of a lot Look, of Look, I don't fault people for not knowing. Yeah, yeah. I just recognize that they don't and try to tell them that if you bring people in to help you who do know, things can get better. The, 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 the criticism that I have for the legal industry at large, small law firm industry in particular, isn't that they don't know. It's that they decide 
what's possible and what's not possible from a place of ignorance. I've never studied marketing. I've never studied sales. I've never studied management. I've never studied financial controls. I've never studied physical plant. I've never studied any of the main parts of what makes a business run. And yet I'm going to presume to say what's possible and what's not possible. And based on that, I'll tolerate whatever happens and then tell every other, everyone else they should tolerate it too. Instead of just understanding how, this is Edward Deming, by the way. Anyone who wants to learn more about this, this is straight out of Edward Deming. Huh. Okay. Industrial statistics. Yep. The, which, by the way, has nothing to do with math, and in case anyone's worried. It's, yeah. It's all concepts yep. and ideas. So, we had a previous conversation. Yeah. So this. Around uh, the, the, your Luddite tendencies around lack of technology. This is pretty Luddite, right? I agree, but it makes a great point. And, and here you can see that October was 74. Uh, I don't know if this is, that's from 2021. But the point I'm making is you can see that one was 74. This one was 63. This quarter was 53. This quarter was only 28. I don't know. You know, is 28 a normal July? Well, let's look at July 2022 against July 2021, against July 2020, against July 2019, against July 2018 to find out if I'm pissed that we only got 28 new members in July of 2022, or am I thrilled that we got 28 members in July of 2022 by comparing July against July against July against July? Am I celebrating that we got 74 uh, members in October of 2021? Or am I pissed off that we only got 74 new members? 90 the previous October. If, exactly. Yep. Well, that goes back to what we were talking previously of just having a good longer running sort of tally or benchmark of where you stand, not just this month, but quarter, year, year over year, et cetera. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that's so disappointing for so many lawyers is they finally get it. It finally clicks for them how valuable this kind of data is for them. And they're like, oh, I wish I had known this five years ago. And unfortunately, sometimes they get so discouraged that they use that as an excuse to not start it now, right? Just start keeping track of data now. And you know what? It's not going to mean anything this year. It just won't. It might not even mean anything next year. It won't. But you know what? In two or three years, when it actually means something, it will give you such an enormous competitive advantage that all of the other law firms in your market, they won't be able to touch you because they don't even know about this well, stuff. There's an element of that um, that we talk a little bit, like there's a confidence of knowing like, you know, year over year, knowing where you stand and you can make better, more informed decisions like we sort of mentioned a second ago. Um, but I think also it's pretty great to see the visually of where you're at, whether the goal is, you know, call it 35 people right. this quarter just giving a lot more, you know, of where you stand, where the salespeople stand, um, and giving you clarity as you as you walk around, being able to track some of these things. Is there any other element of this 
that is worth sort of mentioning or discussing while Two we things. have it? One, um, if you have more than one salesperson, have them initial it so you know who is responsible for what. Two, have them date these things. And apparently these things got rewritten, but they used to have dates on them. And because it's really great to see kind of the velocity through the quarter. These, I, I don't know why these don't have dates. They used to have dates. I don't know what happened. So date them. So you see velocity. Uh, and third, everyone always asks, and the answer is there is no, there is no uh, meaning to the colors. It's just whatever post-it notes we had on hand. That's the colors we use. People always want to know, what's the meaning of the pink versus the blue versus the green? It means that's, we had a stack of pink post-it notes that month. That's what, yeah. what it means. There's, there's an element of this. It's like the quote, I'm, I'll probably botch you, but what, what's measured grows, but what's measured and reported grows exponentially. And, I totally agree with that. I never and heard that. this is basically, it's measured, obviously, having the CRM and you're tracking your pipeline and mm -hmm. your follow-up. But measured and reported in a forum, in a place that is very visual to everyone else, that allows sort of everyone to have a good pulse on what it is. And obviously, as we discussed in one of the previous editions, growing exponentially. Yeah, and I, I think we said this earlier, but I want to emphasize this isn't the only way we, I mean, we have very sophisticated software that we use to track this stuff also. I actually make them take it out of the software and put it onto this because it makes it more visceral. Yeah. Less more ethereal, more, more visceral. Yeah. For sure. Anything else as we close out this one? It'll be a shorter one, but I think it's a good sort of concept to just be like, we, it doesn't need to be rocket science. It could be more simple as far as how you're operating some of these things. Look, I mean, lawyers have been starting marketing, managing, buying, and selling law firms for, would you like to guess how long? I think we might have had this conversation. A long time. Like, I could... Centuries. Since ancient Greek times, lawyers have been starting and growing law firms, right? Lawyers were starting and building successful law firms before we had computers, before we had apps, CRMs. before we had CRMs, yeah. before we had online social media, before it had the basics are the basics are the basics. And I think what happens is people get really enamored with the technology and they forget that the technology is meant to make the basics work better and they forget about the basics. Don't forget about the basics. This is the basics. Yep. Good deal. Well, a shorter edition this time around, but hopefully got a lot of value out of it. Just literally a walkthrough example of what it can do for you and your practice by actually just mapping it out, getting a better sense of where you stand in the month, getting a sense of where you, are, you, know, where you can look back and see where you stood previously. So uh, that's all for this edition, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lawyers MBA series on the DHIA podcast. If you found this information useful, please subscribe and share. We invite you to share your biggest takeaway in the comments and ask us a question or two. Your feedback will help us adapt and expand our topics for you, which is why we are here. Check out the resources linked in the description and tune in next Thursday for another episode of the Lawyers MBA series.